0: listening to Fed by Ravens with Matt and Adam.
1: Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Adam. Welcome to day 137 and 138 of reading through the Bible in a year. But if you're listening, you don't have to read. You're just listening to the oral tradition, which is we're talking about the story. This is how things have been reinforced, how things have been transmitted over the years. And it's really a beautiful way to engage the story. A little bit, every day, through people you trust, uh, remembering that you are not in this alone, that you're a part of something much bigger, the narrative that God has invited us into. So, pretty excited to keep going today. We are in the middle of what book, Matt?
0: All right, today's Old Testament reading is Ruth, chapter 3 and 4, and First Samuel, chapter 1 and chapter 2, verse 26.
1: I had a song for Ruth. As fast as we were in Ruth. Yeah. I feel like the guitar is out of tune today. Got to tune it up. But sweet Ruth is like, as fast as she came, she's already gone. I know. Four little chapters. So, we find ourselves in chapter three. Yes. What's going on? Catch me up.
0: All right. So, she met Boaz. Boaz was extremely gracious and favorable to her. Gave her... um, He blessed her a lot, allowed her to work in the fields and left grain for her, and he was really, really nice to her because he's like, I've heard everything that you've done for your mother-in-law. It's gone above and beyond any requirements of you, and I want to honor that. And so Naomi, in Chapter 3, finally is like, all right, Ruth, I want you to be able to rest. I want you to be secure, uh, unlike me, and I want... I want you. I think you have made some good inroads with Boaz, and I want you to basically make a marriage proposal. Yeah, it's pretty risky. Yeah.
1: Well, the other thing I realized too is Boaz is uh, closer to Naomi's age.
0: Yes, he's older. Naomi
1: Mm -hmm. could be doing this, but Naomi's like thinking about the future, Mm -hmm. and um, and then Ruth is thinking about Naomi. Like she just loves her mother-in-law and loves the God that she loves. And so Mm -hmm. it's really a sweet story. And so the request is spread your wings over your servant for you are a redeemer Mm -hmm. is what she instructs Ruth to go do. She um, lays down at the foot of his bed, makes this request, which is a gamble and Boaz responds. He's a really faithful dude. He's like, he responds favorably and says, wow, um, this is really nice yeah yes but there's another uh, relative who's a closer relative that we have to make known so he has the right and so uh, looking all this up the right for the first redeemer would be to get the land um, to get the widow Ruth Mm -hmm. and but the deal is so so okay so we fast forward the story a little bit Um, Boaz receives this and then sends her away let me go back sends her away kind of with a blessing fills Mm -hmm. up fills her up with barley that way people don't think there's any dishonor involved in the middle of the night kind Mm -hmm. of thing here and then um sends her back to naomi naomi knows this is good but uh but but the deal is he has to go talk to the first redeemer the first redeemer at first says yes i'll do it but then realizes oh wait if ruth has a child all of this work will just go straight to that child. It'll be keeping Naomi's line. Yes. And re- of of people and the land will always Elimelech's belong A yep. Lemuel, not his. So yes. to be a redeemer, you got to be okay with working this land and then turning it over to your offspring who are not in your clan because you've yes. redeemed their clan. Mm-hmm. This guy and it's not like he's a jerk or anything. He just recognizes, "Oh, I don't want to do that." Yeah, I don't want to do that. And Boaz is probably giving him the old eyebrow You you don't have to do this? Do you want to do this, buddy? Mm -hmm. I'm really into Ruth. Yeah. Like, I would be happy to marry her. So he's like, okay. And they do the old sandal switch, which is before everybody. They do it legitimately. They say, you can be the redeemer now. And, um, And so Naomi's nickname now, her new nickname of Mara, Bitterness, is starting to change. She's Mm -hmm. now becoming someone who's blessed. Mm -hmm. And the cool thing about Ruth really is that everybody's trusting God's word. Like no one's trying to figure it out on their own. They're actually doing the things that the Lord has prescribed for just such a situation as this. Yeah. And God's blessing them.
0: Yes, he is. Uh, I like that they do a quick... uh, The people gather together as witnesses to this arrangement and they offer this amazing blessing over Boaz and Ruth. They say, May the Lord make the woman who is coming into your house like Rachel and Leah, who together built up the house of Israel. May you act worthily in Ephrathah and be renowned in Bethlehem. May your house be like the house of Perez, who Tamar board to Judah because of the offspring that the Lord will give you by this young woman. And like a couple things that pop out to me are uh, when they say in the beginning, May Ruth be like Rachel and Leah. They are adopting Ruth into the family of Israel. By saying that statement, it's the same statement that Jacob said about Joseph's sons, Manasseh and Ephraim, may they be like Simeon, or Reuben and Simeon. Um, It's an adoption language, and they're adopting Ruth into the family. So she's no longer a Moabite, she's an Israelite. Uh, And then they reference uh, Perez and Tamar, and Tamar, if you remember back to that crazy story... Tamar was most likely a Canaanite outside of Israel as well. Right. And in the line of Judah, because she marries Judah and has a kid with him. Uh, And again, they're just kind of referencing like instances that are similar to this, Mm -hmm. where a Canaanite enters into the household, becomes an Israelite, and strengthens the house of Israel through her line.
1: Well, I think too, like Rachel and Leah, we're talking about barrenness and Mm -hmm. unloved and pretty much lost and desperate, sad, alone. Yeah. And the confession of faith to God, God has the power and the ability by his word Mm -hmm. to turn it all around, to bless. Yes. And um, so rejoice, O you barren, in your barrenness, the Lord is with you and for you. So it's pretty cool. Uh, The story turns and then we get a little glimpse into the future that uh, from this union of Ruth and Boaz will come the future great and glorious king of Israel.
0: Yeah. David. Yeah, so we get uh, Obed, and then Jesse, and then David. Yep. Uh, Then they give a quick genealogy of David, which, again, I want to note that this is not a complete genealogy, because this goes all the way back to the son of Judah, (laughs) the direct son of Judah. Um, But it's, again, the highlights of the genealogy of David, and... um, Uh, is it David that ends up in... Someone ends up in seventh. Is it Boaz? Someone ends up in the seventh line, and that's always to give honor
1: to that person. Oh, Um, this is new to me. What are you talking about, the seventh? Yeah, hold on. Uh, I mean, I don't think you sound crazy right now, Yeah, but (laughs) I feel like I don't know you.
0: um, Well, (laughs) you know. Uh,
1: Um, Where... Can I help you? Can I help you in any way?
0: <laughs> no, nah, I, I don't know. Do you um, anyways. Think, thinking music? It's all right. But, anyways, it's again to highlight the people of honor within the line.
1: Okay, I like it, though. I like it. So, Boaz is honoring. He's a man worthy mm-hmm. of valor and strong, and he obeys. And basically, the way to valor is to obey the word of God. So, we end with this beautiful little story of Ruth. Ruth, we'll miss you. Mm-hmm. It was just two days of reading. Yeah. But, hello Samuel. Yes. There's two of you, Samuel. (laughs) And we're going to be in you for a while. (laughs) There's some... Welcome to 1st and 2nd Samuel. So, um, this really is the transition from the judges, and we're going to transition into the political and religious, so the political and religious lines are really going to start to mingle as one in the book of Samuel Mm -hmm. um, because we're getting closer to God actually saying, okay, it's time for you to have a king. And so uh, well, we meet, who we meet is an interesting character from a Levite Mm -hmm. from Ephrata. And, uh, right? Well, he's from uh,
0: the hill country of Ephraim. But they trace his line all the way back to Bethlehem Ephrathah, which is interesting, which is where we just came from in Ruth. Um, but yeah, so he's a Levite. Again, they would, so sometimes it gets a little confusing, but uh, they would refer to Levites um, like as like their tribal, like they would refer to him as, oh, he was an Ephraimite. Because he was from the land of Ephraim, right? Um, but he's still a Levite. They just
1: will refer to them from what lands they ministered in. Okay. Uh, so yeah. you got you got that guy, and he has two wives, yes. of course. And Hannah cannot have children. She's devastated by that. The other wife, whose name was well, you, I don't know. You can try. <laughs> uh, Peninnah. No, Penanah. Penana. 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 Peninnah. Peninnah made fun of Hannah and said, ha ha, you're infertile. Mm-hmm. And it devastated Hannah. And so every year they would go to the tabernacles back in Shiloh. Yes. Um, and so they'd go to Shiloh to worship. And Hannah, all she knows to do is cry out to the Lord. Um, she is crying out to the Lord. She makes a vow. And that's what you'll see in Samuel is that God is keeping... He, he really values the promises he makes. He values the mm-hmm. vows that he's made to his people. Yes. And he's going to value the vows they make to him. Mm-hmm. So it starts off with Hannah making a vow. Lord, if you will give me a son, I'll give him back to you. And then she kind of makes a, a binding vow to offer her child up as a Naz- like a, a, a Nazarite vow, is what yeah. it sounds like.
0: It's the, va- it's the same vow that
1: was placed upon Samson. So she is making these vows, pouring out her soul, Eli... Um, the high priest thinks she's drunk mm-hmm. and is like, stop drinking. And she's like, no. Which, which I like. The reason he thinks she's drunk is because
0: she's praying, but not vocally. Right. Like she's praying, she's just moving her mouth, but she's not actually saying out loud. She's probably
1: rocking, a little bit of crying. Yeah.
0: Which
1: is which is interesting because I like... It's what I look like in my, my back little garden area every morning.
0: I like just being reminded that we can pray verbally and non-verbally. Yes. Like, yes. it's nice to have biblical
1: evidence Well, for that. she's pouring out her soul yes. to the Lord. And then, uh, so then you get Eli who, like, blesses her. And he says, all right, all right, all right, go in peace. <laughs> and then God, when he grant you your petition that you've made to him, And then um, she said, let your servant find favor in your eyes. And she went away. She ate. She felt better. She felt better. I also like that. We pour out our hearts to the Lord. We're devastated. We're being made fun of. We're being literally and figuratively being mocked, mocking ourselves. But we pour out our hearts before the Lord. We eat and we feel better. And then the Lord heard, right? Mm -hmm. And so she has a son. She names him Samuel, which... What I could find was his name is God. Yeah, and Samuel. also sounds like... And in the Hebrew, it sounds like heard Hebrew of God, God, yeah, which I think is probably perfect. That's mm-hmm. what she wants. Mm-hmm. She names him. I was heard of God. He heard my prayer, gave me this beautiful boy. I'm going to name him. His name is God. Mm-hmm. And uh, because I'm dedicating him to God, she's in a position of recognizing everything is a gift.
0: I do want to note, too, that note. because... Uh, they are Levites. They are of the tribe of Levi, yeah. and they are within the clan, the priestly clan. She could do this. The, this is the reason why Samuel is able to be dedicated to the temple uh, or the tabernacle, uh, which is, I used to think like, oh, anyone could have just done right. this, but no. no, no.
1: Right. So those laws are st- all still in place for mm-hmm. good reason, and, and he is a perfect candidate to be a faithful um, a faithful priest. And so there's little Samuel. She finally weans him, drops him off, and you get this sweet picture of a really young little four or five-year-old who uh, every year she comes up and she makes him a new little robe. Mm It reminds me of Joseph in the technicolor coat, this cute little robe, and he's ministering and he's like um, growing. And there's a line that sounds very much the way they describe Jesus as he's growing up kind of in wisdom and stature. And And so he's growing into his role as being set apart and serving the Lord. Meanwhile, Eli's sons, who are actually performing the priestly duties, are giving us a picture of the state of the priesthood right now.
0: Which, again, should not be a shock because we're still like end time of judges. Yeah. uh, And they are completely desecrating and abusing the symbols of God. They're acting very much like the original Levi. Yes. And are not only, like, ceremony unclean themselves, but they're making everything yeah. else unclean. That so, they I mean, interact these guys
1: with. are so bad that they're, um, they're taking the people's offerings. You're supposed to offer the best to the Lord, the fat. Yeah. They're just taking it all for themselves. Mm-hmm. Then they're taking advantage of the women who are coming to worship mm-hmm. and introducing, uh, like, sexual things as part of the worship. Yes. So, like, not only is this just bad, but... <laughs> Not too far ago, you might get, I don't know, a tent peg through the head for this. You might, the earth might open up and swallow you for this. Yeah. Um, Like you couldn't even go into the tabernacle if you had marital sexual relationships for 24 hours. Right. And these guys are doing this stuff in the tabernacle, and they're becoming exactly like Canaanites worship. Mm -hmm. It's like turning. The worship of God with its very clear guidelines and very clear promises. and
0: I mean, they're acting like temple prostitutes. Yeah. And so
1: they become temple prostitutes. And what's uh, what really gives us the temperature, though, is Eli's reaction.
0: Well, I wanted to say before you get there, yeah. uh, so it gives all of that yeah. about the sons. And then it has this line in uh, chapter 2, verse 18. Samuel was ministering before the Lord, and that word ministering is only ever mm-hmm. used to describe what Samuel was doing and never any of the priests, the other priests or sons of Eli or Eli himself. Well,
1: Eli says to his boys, guys, I think you should really stop stop doing this. You guys, God's going to get mad. And I used to always think, oh, because Eli's going to get in trouble. He's just a bad parent. But now I'm realizing, oh no, he has no zeal or understanding. Like His correct response is, I'm going to have to kill you guys. You His, are misrepresenting. Yeah. You're bringing curses upon the people. I mean,
0: the zeal of Phineas is lacking.
1: And <sighs> you're acting like the original Levi. Yeah. You're using the covenant things of God for your own uh, pleasure and power. Mm-hmm. Stop it. Well, we did, I'll just mention very quick, one of the most beautiful prayers in the Bible is by Hannah. It's worth reading and praying. I think Mary's prayer, the Virgin Mary, her, uh, the Magnificat, is very similar And I think based on Hannah's prayer, and it's Mm -hmm. all about the position of being uh, low and God bringing up and God providing for. So it's a really beautiful, that happens. And then that's contrasted with the worthless sons of Eli. Mm -hmm. And and this is kind of where we're at. God is bringing forward a woman who is faithful and the only one who's speaking truth, the only one, Hannah. Right, And then he opens up her womb. She has five kids after Samuel. She's offering him up a true priest who's actually beginning to bring back ministry even though it's through a child right now.
0: Yes, And so it's a beautiful
1: movement and it's also foreshadowing that the baby Jesus, that this child, like it's all happening. Mm -hmm. And um, so we end with the rebuke of Eli, but it was the will of God for them to be put to death. Mm -hmm. So if anyone's asking God, God's like, yeah, these guys know what they're doing is wrong, and they know what it brings. They get all the glory and and the things of serving God. Well, you also get the curses when you use this position wrongly, and they have. And so God's like, these guys are going to die. Well, there it is. And then the the last thing we read today was, now the young man Samuel continued to grow both in stature and in favor with the Lord and also with man. Mm Mm-hmm. It did make me think. So that makes me think of Jesus. And then it makes me think also of what we're going about to get into, the ongoing conversation with the Pharisees. Yes. And how they're acting like the sons of Eli. Yes. Like, they're going, we can do whatever we want. We know. We know better than you. Like yeah. And Jesus is saying, what What are you guys doing? Mm-hmm. Stop it. And they're going, you're the wrong one. You're the one full of devils. Anyway, that is our first installment of Samuel. <laughs> So, we have hope. Yeah. I mean, things are so bad, but there's a seed of hope. There's a seed of hope. There is hope, and it's come in the form of a faithful woman. Pr- and again, it's all kind of like Samson's mom, only she sought out the Lord Kind of like the women, like Rachel and Sarah, like they're barren. There's all these similarities, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It's very interesting. Um, all right.
0: Boom! New Testament. Here we go. New Testament reading for today is John chapter 9, verse 35 through chapter 10. Uh, So we start off today finishing up the story of the blind man. Oh yeah, so good. uh, Which is really great. So we had that blind, it was probably a boy. The blind boy, I call him the blind boy. He was probably no older than 14. And uh, so he gets cast out of the synagogue for announcing, for standing up to the Pharisees by just simply saying like, "I was blind I'm and now blind. I see."
1: And I think the guy who did it ha- is something special. Yes. Would that be unfair of me to say? <laughs> um, then I am unfair. Yeah. So Jesus finds him and says, "Do you believe in the Son of Man?" He's like, "Who is he?" I'll, I'll believe. Tell me who he is. Because and, I I forget that he
0: never saw no, Jesus. He just, Jesus. Did the whole mud thing and then told him to go wash off in a pool. And then so he washes off in a pool and doesn't see. (laughs) Okay. Jesus.
1: You may not remember this. I'm a Seattle Seahawks fan. And when we first went to the Super Bowl, we won this game. And one of our young players made an amazing play. And they interviewed him like five minutes after the amazing play Mm -hmm. to go to the Super Bowl. And he is a little bit crazy. Okay. Richard Sherman was a little bit crazy. He's like, because he was still like responding to the great victory. And then the guy he was guarding was talking trash to him. He talked trash back. Mm -hmm. And so immediately a camera's in front of his face and he's like, I'm the best there ever was. Don't you come at me. You're a side receiver. And everyone's like, what are you talking about? You're acting crazy. And then it wasn't for weeks later, like uh, a little more wise kind of sportscasters were like, well, I mean, he is like 24 and the greatest thing possible in his life just happened and he's all ramped up and so he was a little bit crazy. I'm just thinking of the blind boy not seeing anybody, and all of a sudden he can see and he has people in his face saying, That you weren't really blind. Yeah, I was blind. No, you weren't. Yeah. What are you doing? What do you think of what do you think just happened? Yeah. Well, I think I was blind, and can't see. I think I'm going a little bit crazy. I'm a little bit on edge right now. Forgive <laughs> me. And so then it kind of like all the adrenaline, like how do you What is it like for a brain to go from not seeing to seeing?
0: Yeah. And then immediately being accused, that's all a lie.
1: And then you've been accused of being a product of sin your whole life. So what do you have to lose? And also, he's never been in the synagogue, so kick me out. I don't care. I don't know what I'm missing. I've never been invited in, and I've never seen it. So I don't care if I'm kicked out. And so uh, Jesus appears to him. He doesn't recognize him at all because it's been so confusing. And then Jesus says, I think the sweetest thing. He says, who is it? I'll believe. And Jesus says, you've seen him. (laughs) And it is he who is speaking to you. (gasps) Oh, no way. And he goes, Lord, I believe. Yes. And he worshiped him. And uh, then he gives like this speech, apparently, for everybody else to hear to say, hey, you know what? You're not blind. You actually got your sight. Mm -hmm. But all these guys accusing you, they can see you, but they're blind. They can see me and they're blind. Mm -hmm. And the Pharisees catch this and they're like, oh, yeah, you're saying we're blind. And uh, Jesus says, if you were blind, you would have no guilt. But now that you say we see, your guilt remains. (laughs) So the fact that you say you see God, but you can't see me as God, then you're under your guilt.
0: Yeah.
1: Sorry. You're under the curse. And I don't know if he turns or uh, I I don't know where this speech happens, but in chapter 10, it's uh, I am the good shepherd. So there's the I am statements Mm -hmm. from Jesus And, uh, they're all uh, pretty amazing and and they're all kind of encased in the language of, I am the name of God. I am the good shepherd. I am the bread of life. I am the water. I am the gate. I am, you know. And so he says, uh, I am the good shepherd Mm -hmm. and I am the gate. And he's talking about all the sheep who know his name. So when the, um. I guess the shepherds back then would lead the sheep. You know, Mm -hmm. now we think of people coming behind and herding the sheep, but the sheep knew their mass. They knew who they were fed by. And so he's using this as an illustration to go, look, all my sheep hear my voice. Mm -hmm. They recognize my voice and they come to me to be fed.
0: And then he also says that he will uh, protect the sheep with his life, that he'll lay his life down and pick it back up. Um, And then I love... He's the the door. He's the gate. Yeah. He also says... uh, and I have other sheep that are not of this fold, and I must bring them also, and they will also listen to my voice. So there will only be one flock and one shepherd. Yeah.
1: Well, and, and this whole section uh, has probably one of the, one of my favorite verses, favorite sayings of Jesus, and it's in embedded in John 10, verse 10. So he's using the shepherd analogy. He's using he is the gate. Yes, you come through yes, him, yes, yes. and he said, I am the door. You enter by me, you'll be saved. Um, you'll find pasture. But the thief comes only to steal steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. And the shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. So he's contrasting. There's people trying to steal sheep. They're mm-hmm. hungry or they want money. I am the good shepherd and uh, I've come to give life abundantly. Like mm-hmm. beyond just existing, beyond just breathing, I've come to give life to its fullest. It's a great verse. And it's worth pursuing. And you find that abundant life by pushing into and coming under the the gentle and loving care of Jesus Christ in the pastures that he uh, protects and tends for you. Mm -hmm. So he goes on. There'll be more. And and he really gives us a hint, too. Like, I'm going to bring in a ton of sheep from all over the world. Like, if we go back to the Joshua allotment, Jesus's allotment is the ends of the earth. Yes. And so I'm going to bring all the nations. There's a lot of sheep that haven't heard. That they're going to hear my voice. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but then the real powerhouse okay. of this section, though, is, is in uh, 18 when he says, don't be confused. I'm not going to be killed. Yeah. I'm not going to just die naturally. I'm giving up my life. For the sheep, yeah. That's a big difference. Mm-hmm. It's a big difference to be like, oh, he died protecting us versus, oh, no, he chose to give his life mm-hmm. in exchange for ours. It wasn't an accident. It wasn't friendly fire. It wasn't that he was a failure. He made that choice. And that's why Jesus loves, or that's why the father loves him. Mm -hmm. It's like, you've chosen to do this. And that's when they said, you have a demon. I do
0: think this is still in the context of healing right after healing the boy.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, because I agree.
0: they do say, like, the the crowds get split, and they're like, he's got a demon, he's insane. And then the others are like, uh, can a demon open the eyes of the blind? I, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, and... It's just a lot of confusion.
1: Because he goes on to say, I and the Father are one, and the well, testimony... Well, okay, this
0: is, this is a different time. That's a different time.
1: Okay, so we end with the authority, it stops, and then they move... Okay, at that time, the Feast of Dedication took place at Jerusalem.
0: Yes, so... So that's a different... Okay. The, now we're in the winter, the Feast of Dedication is actually Hanukkah, oh. uh, the Feast of Lights, the Festival of Lights.
1: So we finish the scene with the blind boy, mm-hmm. and he declares that he's the shepherd, yes. and that he has authority to, to lay up down his, his life, life, and, and take it back give up. you life abundantly. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now there's a break, we come back, it's a different feast?
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. We're at the Feet of Dedication. This is Hanukkah. Uh, this is where they're celebrating.
1: That makes sense because they go, how long will you keep us in suspense? And he's, yeah,
0: because like, again, they're, they're celebrating what the Maccabees did. Like They, re, they uh, took the temple back. Right. Um, they cleansed it out uh, from idolatry and everything. And, uh, and then I like it too because he's in the colonnade of Solomon, which is where uh, even the Gentiles... Could yeah. gather. So he's talking to everybody. He's talking to everyone, and the Jews are gathering around him. It's kind of a uh, politically intense time as well, and he, all these festivals are right. because they're all tied to political events. And they're
1: uh, being occupied by Rome.
0: Mm-hmm. And they're wondering, are we going to revolt now? Are you the Messiah? Are we going to like the Maccabees did, clean clean out our uh, there it rulers?
1: Is. That's why they say, yeah, mm-hmm. if you're the uh, Messiah, the Christ, tell us plainly. Because So since last time, they're gathered again. They're like, so are you? Because Jesus told them very plainly, mm-hmm. I am the Christ. Mm-hmm. But they're asking, are you going to, do you have your ambush set up? Or, yes. Is this happening now? Yes. And so his response is, I told you, and you do not believe. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, but then he goes, he goes, look, I've already begun to do the ambush. Mm-hmm. They're like, what? It's like the works that I've done. So the healing of the blind, the uh, the healing of the lame, the feeding of the five. Th- like I've, my works have already begun. So I'm already restoring order to the universe.
0: Yeah.
1: It's just not, you don't want to believe that. You want a political uh, overthrow. You want violence. And he's like, okay, if you don't get this, you're not part of my flock. And so he does return to the sheep narrative. That's why I he thought does. they were connected. Yeah. So he's like, the sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. So he is addressing like, look, if you're following me, you don't need to worry about being taken over anymore. Mm -hmm. Like the boundaries are secure. You'll be safe in the father's hand. Mm -hmm. No one, uh, my father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of the father's hand. I said, and I and the father are one. (laughs) So this is where he says, look, I am God. And then
0: the... This is where every, all the Jewish people pick up stones to throw
1: at him. And they're like, why are you doing this now? Let's just throw, like, okay, we need to kill you. You're really confusing everything. So they're going to throw stones at him.
0: I love his responses. I have shown you many good works from the Father. For which one of them are you going to stone me for?
1: Yeah. <laughs> so which one? Are, for healing? For feeding? For which walking one? on water? Oh, for turning water into wine? Is that the one? And they're like, no, for you just saying you are God. Yeah. yeah. I know know, it, uh, it does make me laugh. Uh, I mean, not laugh, but it's so clear yes. that even the account of the enemies are saying he said he was God. Mm-hmm. So looking back, you have to do the old C.S. Lewis. He's either a liar, a lunatic, or the Messiah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> well, then he uses their own law against them. and yeah, this um, is pretty classic. I love this. Do you want to break it down? Well, he... <laughs> Again, he's,
0: he's talking with people who are just not going to believe, right? Right. And they're looking for any means or ways to kill him. So I don't want this to get misconstrued as like he's backtracking. Right. He's just trying to catch them in their own, in their own ignorance.
1: Yeah, he's engaging their, th- their thought process. Their
0: crazy thought yeah, process. Right. And so he's saying, uh, is it not written in your law uh, that it said, I said you are God's? if he, and he's referring to David, David has a psalm about this. Yeah. Uh, he said, if David called them gods to whom the word of God came, the scripture cannot be broken. And so he's saying like, uh, so I should be allowed to say I am the son of God because so the
1: psalms said you guys are gods. So he cool. bra- he breaks down their definition of blasphemy, yeah. saying I actually haven't done anything wrong. And then he comes back to, Plus, you know what an easier way to see where I'm from, from is just look at the works. Mm-hmm.
0: Like,
1: if I'm not doing the works of my father, then do not believe. But if I do them, even though you do not believe, believe the works, that you may know and understand that the father is in me and I am in the father. Which is not unreasonable Like to look at someone and go, you're just like your dad, you have the same accent, you have this or that. I don't know. Right. Uh, it's a valid way of trying to figure out where mm-hmm. someone's from. But uh, they were going to kill him and somehow he escaped. He escaped uh, because it wasn't his time yet.
0: Yeah, and then he...
1: He went across the Jordan. (laughs) He
0: crosses the Jordan into the east side of the allotment where John began his baptism. And uh, many... Many believed in him. Many believed in him and and sought him out in the wilderness.
1: So when Jesus comes to the promised land, he's being rejected. He's being kicked out by the people. So he goes back across the Jordan. And people go and search for him there. Which is cool. So we simply look at the works of Jesus. I I really like the unity of Jesus and God, the unity that Christ talks about with the Father. Mm -hmm. And then I know in John chapter 17, he'll talk about the unity we have with Christ in the Spirit. And it's pretty cool. So we are united. Um, And those who have eyes and ears, you hear it? Be encouraged today. God's protecting you. Yeah. All right.
0: Today, I'm going to read Psalm 63. But the king shall rejoice in God, all who swear by him shall exalt. for
1: the mouths of liars will be stopped. Boom, you've just been fed by ravens. Go in peace and serve the Lord, we'll talk to you next time.